Good morning. It's so great to see so, so many smiling faces out there. I, I know why you're smiling. You're not up here. <laughs> this has been really hard preparing for this, because when you do something with your wife, it just has to be so honest. You know, the, <laughs> you, 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 know you, just, you just can't pull any punches. Um, you know, it's all, it's all just really, really real. But we've been married for 35 years, and we've really never done anything quite like this before. And we're going to tell you our story, and there's some really, really high points, just incredible joy, incredible things that have happened, and just some other things that have just been absolutely crushing. And we, we just appreciate your prayers for us as we give this presentation, because we really want to glorify God through it. Because one of the big messages we have, and we want it to be an encouragement for you, is that we know that a lot of you are going through hard things. And when, when we see how God has redeemed really, really difficult things in our lives, I think it really gives hope. And that's what radical love's all about, and that we can radically love because we've been radically loved. So Lise, why don't you lead us off here? Well, just to give you a little background, I was raised as the middle daughter in a family of five girls. My mother was from New York City, a first-generation Italian immigrant, and my dad was from a small town in Pennsylvania. Um, I was born in Michigan, but was raised in the South. When I was eight, we moved to a small town in Louisiana, so you can imagine that was a real culture change. We were not a wealthy family, but just a typical family of Depression-era parents who wanted to give their kids a better opportunity than they had had. My parents worked very hard to make sure that we five girls had everything we needed and some of what we wanted. We were not a Christian family, but my parents did model sacrificial generosity in the way that they poured themselves out on our behalf. I was born in Connecticut, had two older sisters, and probably the biggest event that's happened in my whole life is um, it turns out my dad had been sick for a year with leukemia, and my parents decided not to say anything to us. And so one day I just heard my sisters and mother wailing, and I sort of walked into the room. They said, well, your father's dead. <clears throat> well, you can imagine that, how hard that was. And we, we weren't Christians, and we had no spiritual or emotional foundation in our life. So really, our family sort of fell apart at that point. And my way of coping with that was just to be hyper-competitive. In school, hyper-competitive. Athletics, hyper-competitive. And just when I look back, I just think God's grace so protected me during that time. And I was with a company, and they transferred me to Australia. You know, that's what you do with your best people. You send them to Australia. Um, <laughs> so I, I was in Australia, and I got invited to go to a, a church. And it was this poor little Pentecostal church. And I, I remember walking up, and there were trumpets blaring and people shouting. And I'm from Connecticut, and it's like, it's like you know, and the girl who invited me to go to church, she was so excited about this church. Well, I had never met anybody who was excited about going to church. And so anyway, God just enveloped me. It was a very poor church. And God just enveloped me with his love 
And he really showed me that he was my father. And it was just so amazing when I look back. And I remember the pastor there, he did an altar call. And it's what I'd call, sort of call a lordship altar call. And I'll never forget, he said, this, this call, he says, only come up if you're willing to give everything you have and everything you are to Jesus, and also everything you ever will have and ever will be. <clears throat> well, again, I didn't have much. I had $1,000 $1, to my name, and I was so transformed by the love of these people. And I remember praying a prayer, and I said, Lord, if you can answer this one prayer, I'll give you everything. And I said, how can I have lived 26 years and never heard this and never met anybody who believed this? And it's like the Holy Spirit whispered to my heart and said, Jack, how many people have you known who ever really needed me? And, and I really realized at that point, desperately needing the Lord was the secret. And I walked forward. Well, Jack and I met and married while I was a nursing student at Emory University. Um, I had become a Christian just about a year before that mm -hmm. through some friendships I had with some girls in my uh, dorm at college. And um, Jack was a new Christian, and he was so enthusiastic about things of the Lord. So we went on our first date, and I had never met anyone like him before. Um, after our... <laughs> After our first date, I told my roommates, I think I could marry this guy if he's for real. So um, we did marry in December 1979, six months before I graduated from school. And I came to the marriage with two end tables, a blue bicycle, and $5,000 worth of school debt. Yeah, not much. Um, Jack told me I was insolvent, and I said, well, what does that mean? Do you know now? <laughs> yes. <laughs> So here we are just jumping into this new relationship and um, the one thing Jack did have from his father that he had inherited when his dad died and he just saved all these years was a stamp collection. So he took that stamp collection and sold it and he was able to buy me an engagement ring and a new car. And so we were off on the adventure. It was a cute little car. <laughs> um, well, just a warning about marrying a brand new Pentecostal Christian <laughs> who, who has never been taught anything because I never had a father teach me how to do anything. So it was early in our marriage and we had a leaking pipe in our kitchen. And Lisa said, can you fix this pipe? And I said, well, how do you do that? And she said, do you have a wrench? And I said, we don't have a wrench. And I got down on my knees, laid my hands on the pipe. <clears throat> because in this Pentecostal church, they said, they said, God can do anything and God can do anything through you. So I thought, okay, fixing a pipe's nothing. So I lay my hands on this pipe and swear to God, the pipe stopped leaking. And Lisa got so mad. She said, you're supposed to use a wrench. You're not supposed to pray for a pipe. But, but God brought us into a great church with great teaching. 
I remember Larry Burkett and Ron Blue, really from the very beginning, and four principles really stuck with us. Uh, having liquidity, maximizing our giving, having low debt, and having a controlled lifestyle. And it's just so neat that those four things have literally been with us for our whole life. And um, I think we were, we were givers really right from the beginning, but our giving went to a whole nother level when one day I got my first bonus ever, and it was $5,000. And I organized a dinner at Wendy's with Lisa and my two little boys <laughs> to tell them about this bonus. And she said, Lisa said, this is so exciting. You won't believe what happened today. And that day we got a letter in the mail from a nurse in the Sudan, and she needed, guess how much? $5,000 for a new Jeep. And I said, no. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> you know, in the prior year, we had been robbed three times in this little house we were in. They took Lisa's jewelry, then they took our electronics, then the third time they took my clothes. And I went to work, and a friend of mine said, they took your clothes? <laughs> so anyway, Lisa, Lisa said the words that every husband hates to hear, will you pray about it? And I, in all honesty, God met me in that prayer, and he showed me two things. First, he showed me the kingdom, and he showed me the value of probably hundreds of kids who could get inoculations and people could be helped. And, and I was just overwhelmed with what a great investment it was to give that money away. And the second thing I really knew was from the Holy Spirit, because I got this overwhelming sense of privilege, that, that this was a privilege that God was asking us. He had chosen us to join, join his work, and we gave the money away. <laughs> She was a very good friend. It wasn't just a random nurse <laughs> in the Sudan. Um, well, during the first 10 years of our marriage, God really stretched the fabric of our lives. Each of my pregnancies was fairly difficult and the postpartum times more so. My father contracted liver cancer and died within nine months. My oldest sister, Laurie, became a quadriplegic from acquiring polio from her infant son's vaccination. My second oldest sister was killed in a car accident, and my youngest sister, at 19, uh, got pregnant and made the decision to give the baby up for adoption. Um, just at the same time when all this was going on in my family, we had three young sons and Jack's business was taking off. So it was just, there was just a lot going on. Um, Jack was a real trooper during all these family crises. Our home became a safe haven when my family came to Atlanta for treatment or for holidays or just if they needed somewhere to land for a while that was safe. Um, Jack took over managing the finances for my paralyzed sister after her husband divorced her and um, he also took over the finances, managing the finances for my mom after my dad had died. And he told them, he said, you'll never have to worry, we'll be there for you. And at the time, that was a real statement of faith because we didn't have that much excess and they didn't have much to manage. 
Well, as you can imagine, this was just <clears throat> overwhelming and trying to be there for Lisa and her family. It was like a, these bombs had been dropped on her family. And for me, it was really hard because I had sort of seen my family sort of go poof. And then to, to really have every person in her family directly or indirectly become a dependent it was that same feeling I had, you know, when people said after my dad died, well, you're the head of the house now. And by the way, that really sucks when people say that. But I had that same feeling that, you know, I, I was over this, this family. But it was amazing what God did. Lori, her sister, had gotten $200,000 from a settlement from the drug company. And so I hired a financial planner and I said, Okay, she needs $75,000 a year. How, how can we do this? <clears throat> and the financial planner says, well, you've got about three years. And you know what's interesting is God directed me to buy zero coupon treasuries when they were 16%, like 30 years. Then interest rates dropped and her money like tripled or quadrupled. And here it's 35 years later. And she has 100,000 of that 200 left. <clears throat> so when the scripture says, remember the Israelites in the desert where their, their shoes wouldn't wear out? Literally, we have seen God's faithfulness as Lori's become a Christian and just, he's just been faithful. Um, in my career, I met a wonderful guy. He was a client of mine at the international accounting firm I worked for, and he hired me. And after a little while, he says, Jack, let's start a couple businesses together. So just the two of us, he put up $4 million, and 14 years later, the company had grown 100-fold uh, in value. And our employees went from the two of us to 6,000 people. And so it was just a so God was really able to provide in a lot of ways through all these difficulties that, that we had, you know, just through this amazing um, situations we had. Um, but, but again, God was just so faithful. Well, Jack had this wonderful opportunity to work with Mr. Van Lissingen. It was a perfect situation for Jack's entrepreneurial spirit. Um, his chairman lived in Europe, and Jack managed and built these amazing businesses. Um, for me, it was a little bit scary because he was leaving a safe position with a salary and becoming a partner with someone starting these businesses, and we didn't know what was going to happen. Um, as I prayed about that decision when Jack was thinking about joining this, it was a Dutch, uh, Dutch firm, I had this image of Jack as a racehorse, and the job that he was at was kind of holding him in a pen, in a stall, and that this business opportunity would give him the chance to just get out and be able to run and use the gifts that God had given him. Well, um, we did take the plunge, and Jack did I worked with Mr. Van Lissingen for 20 years, and it was a great partnership, and it was uh, a wild ride. <laughs> we, um, along with the increased financial blessing that we experienced through his business success came uh, challenges, too. We relied on those four basic principles of 
uh, managing money that Jack had mentioned earlier. But we had very different giving styles. I preferred to give anonymously or under the radar, and Jack would hear of an opportunity and jump in with both feet, and sometimes we wouldn't have even talked about it. Well, I'm only half Italian, but I can be pretty noisy when I'm not happy about something. <laughs> I really don't know what she's talking about, though. Um, but just Lisa's been a real model of what I'd call relational generosity. You know, how you've been there for your sister and mom for 35 years and just been an unbelievable mother and now grandmother. And just making, you know, working up at Good Sam and, you know, just, she'll just make relationships with people and just meet them in the most unusual way. Well, Jack has been a model to me as well. In addition to being there for my family in a huge way, um, he has mentored four young men without dads, and um, that has been a real instrument of healing in his life, to be able to pour himself into the lives of these four young men. And as he grew up without a dad, he could really relate to them, knowing what it was to be like without a father to guide them. and. Um, so we still are in relationship with these young men today, and it's just really been fun to watch them uh, grow and mature, and, and several of them have come to the Lord, so that's been especially exciting. Um, we've also been involved in a widow's ministry. Uh, Jack met a man who had a ministry in India, and there were, were uh, a, like an epidemic of suicides, which left many widows. And so Jack uh, jumped into that ministry to help support the widows in India. Um, as uh, Bob talked about, one of Jack's recent endeavors has been to uh, develop these films and study guides uh, that are used by many churches. And they're used as a catalyst to begin or deepen the conversation about generosity. And he'll be given a breakout session talking a little bit about more all about that. Later, later today. Well, 35 years ago, I could not have imagined standing up here and talking to you about our giving story. Um, and as you can tell by our story, we've been blessed in many ways. There have been challenges and difficult times, but as Jack said, God has been very faithful through it all. Um, we do consider our three sons to be our best investment. They and their wives and our three little grandsons they are our legacy and our hope for the future. And I think we have some pictures we wanted to share. This is John and his wife Kay, and James is the oldest, Will, and then the baby Sam uh, is just eight months old. Kurt and Melissa live in Dallas, and um, we miss them. They've just been there for about a year. And uh, our youngest son, Matt, and his fiance, Virginia, will be getting married in August. So. Couldn't resist showing you our boys. <laughs> yeah. Well, just, just in closing, we don't have this all figured out. Like Lisa said, we have really different styles. And, you know, it takes, it takes time and it takes work. And, and I know many of you face, you know, some of the ch same challenges in your marriage. But just we hope your, our story's been an encouragement because God can take the, the deepest hurts and pains and redeem them. Because God doesn't really need our money. 
But I remember when I heard about that a farmer committed suicide in India every 30 minutes, and we got involved in that ministry. And so this last November, I went over for the first time and was just able to embrace literally hundreds of these widows, met with 3,000 of them. And um, so, so God just redeems the toughest things in, the li in life, and I, I pray that you can um, just more fully trust him and just thank you for this time that we've had with you.